somewhere between waking and sleeping. On our journey towards the unfathomable deep, there comes a thin moment where we have one foot in the waking world and the other is in that other world where we relinquish conscious control. Pausing here and straddled between two planets that drive one another like gears, the attentive traveller will notice a narrow door, only wide enough to sidle through. This is the border of sleep, where imagination and reality are braided together, a chasm in the crust of consciousness, venting the hot pumice of imagery into the irresistible magma of narrative. Welcome to episode 22 of Stories from the Borders of Sleep, a weekly podcast of curious tales from bordersofsleep.com, featuring original stories by your host, Seymour Jacklin. Visit bordersofsleep.com for more information or to leave some feedback. Artwork is by Robin Trainer, production by Tim Wiles, and the soundtrack for this week's episode is from Glass Desert by Harlan Williams. It's available from magnatune.com. This week is the first of a very occasional new feature of the podcast, where we unearth another author's work from the public domain and give it the borders of sleep treatment. This story is from a collection called A Dreamer's Tales, published in 1910 by Lord Dunsany. So, if you are ready to journey with me, then I shall begin. The Unhappy Body by Lord Dunsany. Why do you not dance with us and rejoice with us? They said to a certain body. And then that body made the confession of its trouble. It said, I'm united with a fierce and violent soul and it's altogether tyrannous and will not let me rest and he, he drags me away from the dancers of my kin to make me toil at his detestable work and he will not let me do the little things that would give pleasure to the folk I love but only cares to please posterity when he's done with me and left me to the worms and all the while he makes absurd demands of affection from those that are near to me and is too proud even to notice any less than he demands so that those that should be kind to me all hate me and the unhappy body burst into tears and they said no sensible body cares for its soul a soul is a little thing and should not rule a body you should drink and smoke more till he ceases to trouble you but the body only wept and said mine is a fearful soul I've driven him away for a little while with drink but he will soon come back oh he will soon come back. And the body went to bed, hoping to rest, for it was drowsy with drink. But just as sleep was near it, it looked up, and there was its soul sitting on the window sill, a misty blaze of light, and looking into the river. Come, said the tyrannous soul, and look into the street. I have need of sleep, said the body. "'But the street is a beautiful thing,' the soul said vehemently. "'A hundred of the people are dreaming there.' "'I'm ill through want of rest,' the body said. "'That does not matter,' the soul said to it. "'There are millions like you in the earth, and millions more to go there. 
The people's dreams are wandering afield, they pass the seas and mountains of fairy, threading the intricate passes led by their souls. They come to golden temples, a ring with a thousand bells. They pass up steep streets lit by paper lanterns, where doors are green and small. They know their way to witches' chambers and castles of enchantment. They know the spell that brings them to the causeway along the ivory mountains. On one side, looking downward, they behold the fields of their youth, and on the other lie the radiant plains of the future. Arise and write down what the people dream. What reward is there for me, said the body, if I write down what you bid me? There is no reward, said the soul. Then I shall sleep said the body. And the soul began to hum an idle song, sung by a young man in a fabulous land as he passed a golden city where fiery sentinels stood, and knew that his wife was within it, though as yet but a little child, and knew by prophecy that furious wars, not yet arisen in far and unknown mountains, should roll above him with their dust and thirst before ever he came to that city again. The young man sang it as he passed the gate, and was now dead with his wife a thousand years. "'I cannot sleep for that abominable song!' the body cried to the soul. "'Then do as you are commanded,' the soul replied. And wearily the body took a pen again. Then the soul spoke merrily as he looked through the window. "'There is a mountain lifting sheer above London, part crystal and part mist.' Thither the dreamers go when the sound of the traffic has fallen. At first they scarcely dream because of the roar of it, but before midnight it stops and turns and ebbs with all its wrecks. Then the dreamers arise and scale the shimmering mountain, and at its summit find the galleons of dream. Thence some sail east, some west, some into the past and some into the future, for the galleons sail over the years as well as over the spaces, but mostly they head for the past, and the olden harbours, for thither the sighs of men are mostly turned, and the dream ships go before them, as the merchantmen before their continual trade winds go down the African coast. I see the galleons even now raise anchor after anchor. The stars flash by them, they slip out of the night, their prows go gleaming into the twilight of memory, and noon lies far off, a black cloud hanging low and faintly spangled with stars like the harbour and shore of some low-lying land seen afar with its harbour lights. Dream after dream, that soul related as he sat there by the window. He told of tropical forests seen by unhappy men who could not escape from London and never would. Forests made suddenly wondrous by the song of some passing bird flying to unknown eyries and singing an unknown song. He saw the old men lightly dancing to the tune of elfin pipes, beautiful dancers with fantastic maidens. All night on moonlit imaginary mountains. He heard far off the music of glittering springs. He saw the fairness of blossoms of apple and may thirty years fallen. He heard old voices, old tears came glistening back, romance sat cloaked and crowned upon southern hills, and the soul knew him. One by one he told the dreams of all that slept in that street. Sometimes he stopped to revile the body because it worked badly, 
and slowly. Its chill fingers wrote as fast as they could, but the soul cared not for that. And so the night wore on, till the soul heard tinkling in oriental skies, far footfalls of the morning. See now, said the soul, the dawn that the dreamers dread. The sails of light are paling on those unwreckable galleons. The mariners that steer them slip back into fable and myth. That other sea the traffic is turning now at its ebb, and is about to hide its pallid wrecks, and to come swinging back with its tumult at the flow. Already the sunlight flashes in the gulfs behind the east of the world. The gods have seen it from their palace of twilight that they built above the sunrise. They warm their hands at its glow as it streams through their gleaming arches before it reaches the world. All the gods are there that have ever been, and all the gods that shall be. They sit there in the morning, chanting and praising man. I am numb and very cold for want of sleep, said the body. You shall have centuries of sleep, said the soul. But you must not sleep now, for I have seen deep meadows with purple flowers flaming tall and strange above the brilliant grass, and herds of pure white unicorns that gamble there for joy, and a river running by with a glittering galleon on it, all of gold, that goes from an unknown inland to an unknown isle of the sea, to take a song from the king of over the hills to the queen of far away. I will sing that song to you, and you shall write it down. I've toiled for you for years, the body said. Give me now but one night's rest, for I am exceeding weary. Oh, go and rest. I'm tired of you. I'm off, said the soul. And he arose and went. We know not whither, but the body they laid in the earth. And the next night, at midnight, the wraiths of the dead came drifting from their tombs to felicitate that body. You are free here, you know, they said to their new companion. Now I can rest, said the body.